Are you sick of scrolling? So are we. Welcome to the Cyborg Repair Manual, where two ex-internet addicts discuss how to stay sane in a digital world. Hello everyone, welcome to the Cyborg Repair Manual. I'm Maddie and I've been in recovery from compulsive internet use for the last five years. And today it's just me. <laughs> um, Rudy was a little busy, so I thought I would sit down and give you guys an update on what's been working for me and where I'm at right now, along with what hasn't been working. Um, but I do feel like a lot of things have changed in the last five years for me. So I can just start with a little bit background information. So when I first got into no surf, I was spending all of my time on Reddit and YouTube. Like it sounds like an exaggeration, but it kind of wasn't. Um, so I was a NEET, it stands for not in education, employment, or training. And I was really depressed and I would cope with that by just entering an imaginary world, basically, and distracting myself. So at the time, if you had asked me to describe my internal experience, I didn't have words for it. Um, I had, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but alexithymia, uh, that I only know in hindsight that, and what that means is I just didn't understand what my emotions were. Like I didn't know what I was feeling at any point. And I remember someone asked me like, what is happiness to you? And I said like, happiness is the absence of pain because like, I didn't actually know what emotions felt like. I just know like I have two states. I'm either in emotional pain or I'm not. And what I would do if I was in emotional pain is I would distract myself from it. So that's why I didn't have any idea of what was going on because I would just dive into something else. And if there's anything the internet is great at, it's distraction because it's the most stimulating creation that humanity has built, um, you know, it's easy enough to just spend all day in front of the television, but when you have an interactive element, when you have that element of anything you want to know about <laughs> is out there, it creates this, this so rewarding behavior where it's just increasingly giving you okay so the reason that people play slot machines is because the rewards are timed out like if every time you uh played a slot machine if you every five times it would give you a reward like it would get really boring like it wouldn't be fun but it's called um, random interval rewards. And when the rewards happen randomly, like they do in a slot machine, that shit just, humans love that shit. We go crazy for that. And that's exactly what the internet is because a lot of people think like, oh, when I watch something, it's like giving me dopamine. But dopamine, your, your dopamine is actually you're actually getting hit with the most dopamine when you're searching for a video to watch. 
not when you're watching it because that's when the rewarding the dopamine chemicals are flourishing is when you're seeking out something and the internet is just this machine for seeking out novel things so it's just that those random interval rewards but like cranked up to a thousand so yeah i i was just completely distracting myself from my emotions and i knew that i had to get my life together but that was like always in the back of my mind but i didn't want to think about it because it was so overwhelming because i am an anxious person so whenever there's a problem a big problem it's scary to me so i was just scared out of my mind because like i knew that i had to do something but i didn't know what it was and i was just terrified so i just didn't think about it for years and when i first got into no surf like i really was taking it seriously and i really wanted to turn my life around because I just blamed all my problems on the internet, basically. And um, I got a dumb phone and I gave my smartphone to my parents and I just wanted to like digital detox and like be just completely pure and just read books for the rest of time. And I didn't realize that this was a very black and white way to go about it. I mean, some people have had success with dumb phones and more power to them, but it just completely backfired for me um, because I just asked for my phone back and got back on it. And what would happen is I created this construct like, okay, my phone is bad and I need to do other things, but that just made me like desire it more so I kind of fell into it harder like every time I would go a little bit of time without it 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 just made it this big deal in my mind where I needed to keep binging and I think that I use the word binge because it describes kind of the state of mind that I'm in where it's like hours of time and it's just this like distracted mindless zombie state and in the back of my mind like I know that I like shouldn't be doing it but I'm doing it anyway and I feel out of control so um, that original approach of just throwing my phone away did not work for me it just made me binge with reckless abandon basically so fast forward to this point and things are a lot better (laughs) i have been in therapy for a long time and i have come to terms with my emotions and i can experience them and i can understand them now and it was really scary for me to do because i have very intense emotions and once i started feeling them like the floodgates rushed in but what i wanted to articulate before is that I felt like I was procrastinating my entire life and I didn't know that procrastination is actually an emotional issue it's not a time management issue it's not like oh I don't know how long things are going to take so I make things last minute no it's like I am avoiding feeling uncomfortable feeling overwhelmed feeling scared 
feeling angry, frustrated, doing this task. And I know that I'm going to get a negative emotion when I do this task. So I'm just not going to, it's not even that I'm not going to do it. It's I can't do it because I refuse to feel that fear. So like this, I, I bring up the not feeling my emotions thing because it's exactly why I was stuck in my life. Because to do, to move forward, we have to experience the highs and the lows of life. And I just refused to experience those negative emotions. And so I procrastinated getting a life basically. Yeah. So things are definitely different now, five years later, I'm in school, straight A student and I volunteer. So, um, I, I learned how to stop procrastinating. Um, I learned that at some point I just needed to feel the negative emotion and continue to do my task anyway and that negative emotions weren't so scary and people say like oh you know you just just got to get started that's the hardest part and like the reason that getting started is the hardest part is because you have to get over this wall of suck this wall of awful as i've heard it called <laughs> and yeah so you're just confronted with with all the emotions and you have to own up to it and do your task anyway. And it's, I guess, like a habit, you know, you get in the habit of procrastination, and you can get out of that habit. So I mean, it still happens sometimes, but I, I'm not procrastinating my entire life. I'm not procrastinating for entire days at a time. And yeah, that really just came with accepting my emotions. So I definitely, things are not perfect now. I have been feeling a little bit like, that inner voice in my head saying like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like, do I really deserve to be talking about this when, you know, there seems to be this narrative on social media that we all need to get off our phones and I'm still on the internet a lot and I still watch a lot of YouTube. It's just not getting in the way of my life anymore. And that's what I set out to do with this project was really talk about how we can move on with our lives without lifestyle changes that are not sustainable. I, I really wanted to find a sustainable way to approach this because my more dramatic trials didn't work for me. I, I needed something that was realistic, that fit into my life. And, you know, I still identify as an internet person, even though I don't actually, I feel like I've, I've kind of lost the plot of like what internet culture is nowadays um, because like I'm not on TikTok and things like that but in general I, I'm still I hang out on on discord and uh, and I still watch YouTube so I I'm, I'm definitely an internet person it's just not taking over my life anymore and there's still ways I want to improve like I really want to make sure in, in a perfect world the technology in my life everything I'm doing would be supporting my goals and that's still, my goal for the future of this show. And yeah, my, my future is that in a perfect world, I would love just everything to really have a purpose. And, and that's still my goal. But I think that what I've learned in the last five years to take me to this place where like, okay, I can get a full day's worth of work done. And then also, you know, watch YouTube at specific time intervals and I can write an essay for school and then like take a break and watch a video or 
yeah, I can work on an assignment and then like take a break and research something. And yeah, so it's, it's very cliche to be like, oh, it's all about balance. But for me, finding those sustainable methods that worked really did give me that balance. So the main things that were important in this path, because I've skipped over so much, the, the things that I want to highlight that are the most important that are kind of the reasoning behind my digital environment, why I have it set up like this. So the first thing you want to do is add friction to the things that you do mindlessly. And I'm sure we've mentioned friction on the podcast before, but I became obsessed with this notion after reading Atomic Habits because he talks about if you want to build a good habit, you got to make it easy. And if you want to break a bad habit, you have to make it difficult. So that's the exact reasoning behind this rule. All the things that you do mindlessly that turn into a binge is where I have implemented website blockers, app blockers, and all of the things that I want to do more, I have to set up. So like having my exercise gear like ready to go and uh, moving my spin bike, it was outside, we moved it inside. So I would feel it was, it was more comfortable for me to use. And anything that is just setting yourself up for, for success Um, It makes it easier to build those good habits. So the other thing that was important for me is changing the content of my feeds or removing the feed altogether. Because I think that a lot of times in the community, people talk about, okay, how do I get off social media? And I think that's a good discussion to have, sure. But not everyone is, not everyone wants or is able to take that step to leave. And you can change your experience of the internet without ever leaving social media. You can curate your feeds and your content. And that makes a big improvement on mental well being without ever leaving social media. And my last important point is working on general well-being. Like the, I think one of the reasons that things are so different now than they were five years ago is I have been working on my general mental well-being and I am in remission from depression. So I got professional help and that really made a big difference. I know that Maybe not everyone is in the situation where they can access professional help, but I mean, there are still therapy uh, workbooks and talking with friends and, um, you know, doing your own research. There's still, I think taking any steps to benefit your well-being is helpful. Just having a path and following that path and putting your attention somewhere positive is going to be helpful. But yeah, for me, it took a while to really see the progress in this area and there was a a lot of going back and forth with seeing some progress and then still dealing with the depression and it's still coming back and I'm sure even now it'll still come back but I have a toolbox in my mind of how to cope with it so I, I think that really helps because the internet for a lot of us is a coping mechanism and 
it is really impossible to become less dependent on one coping mechanism if you don't have new coping mechanisms and strategies on how to deal with you know negative emotions or emotions in general so to go a little bit more in depth the first most useful change that i made was figuring out through a process of trial and error web blockers app blockers that work for me so i've tried a lot of things over the past five years and my main problem with various blocking software is that it's too easy to get around and I found that the only two um, specifically blocking software because I'll talk about other extensions that do other things in uh, the next part but just for things that block apps or websites the only two that have ever worked for me are freedom and cold turkey and even once I found those platforms those pieces of software actually figuring out what my blocking schedule needed to look like and what needed to be blocked when that took trial and error so the first thing that I started with was figuring out when I need to be in work mode so I go to school do my volunteering online so I don't have a schedule like I have to come up with my own schedule and I just started noticing patterns of when I had more energy and I realized that I have energy in the morning and then I get another burst of energy in the evening and in the afternoon I like to be lazy so I just made my work hours be in the earlier part of the day and in the later part of the day and then I take the chunk off in the afternoon so then I've found that the best thing that works for me is having some websites that are off lim- like off limits in the sense that they do not provide anything positive to my life and they actually provide n- negative <laughs> things to my life. So for me, this is mostly gossip websites, just websites that I can really live without because they just make me feel exceptionally crummy. And for me, I wanted to include stuff like YouTube and Reddit in this because I was so mad at those websites for existing because they took so much of my time. But I do get valuable, even just entertainment, I can, you know, entertainment's a value. Um, So I do have, they do provide value in my life and I enjoy them to some extent sometimes. So I really just put on my perma blocks list like gossip websites, things that just made me feel terrible. Um, Because a lot of times those gossip websites would like bring up my own um, like insecurities. um, And that would just be very mentally upsetting to me. It's very mentally upsetting content to read. So um, I decided that anything that was just like actively harmful. (laughs) So um, I would include, uh, there are a few websites that uh, advocate or maybe not advocate, but users are talking about various types of self-harm, uh, things that are under the self-harm umbrella. And, uh, I decided to block anything like that. Anything that would really be absurdly triggering that didn't provide any value to my life. So those are things that are on the always blocked list. And I can say that I, I feel like it's almost 
just comforting just having that list where I know that there's like a big barrier for me going on um, sites that just really make me feel terrible. <laughs> so then I have the other group and these are like fun things. So these are what is um, what I only have access to during my free time. So not those work hours that I was discussing before. And then for some websites, I have just completely blocked on my phone because something like Reddit has a really annoyingly rabbit holey user interface on the browser mobile browser version of the website because if you read a post it automatically loads an infinite scroll under the post and so I just had to block it and now I just go on on my computer and I'll talk about the things that I have on my desktop that uh, help curate my digital environment further but those are the two things that I feel like are the two things that I figured out with my blocking schedule that have worked the best just having some stuff that's always blocked and the entertaining stuff is only blocked during uh, my work time. So uh, this has been a lot of talk about how I avoid certain websites, but I don't want to labor under the impression that this is like a binary option of you get out of you get off of social media or you don't. And you know, you improve your life or you don't and you linger on social media forever. Like, I think that is um, a very black and white view. And it doesn't encompass my experience going from feeling addicted to the internet, feeling like I couldn't stop to feeling like I am much more in control of my use, even though I'm still an internet person. And for my on on my in my experience having the two converging streams of I'm working to be on social media less and I'm also working to make my social ex media experience uh better and better for me and less shitty so what I did to curate my feeds and just make my time on social media less shitty uh, because I am a millennial that a millennial woman on who uses Instagram or has used it a lot in the past. And so I definitely fall into that category of, and I think you don't even have to be um, a woman to do this of just comparing yourself to what people post on social media. I think it's a very common occurrence. So I went through my feed and on Instagram and anyone who made me feel bad about myself, I unfollowed. And I know that this is easier back in the day than it is. Like you couldn't do this on TikTok because, you know, the feed is not really defined by who you follow. It's just the algorithms. So I think that it's definitely easier to do this on certain websites, but I've had Good luck with doing it on Instagram. Um, so yeah, I unfollowed everyone who made me feel shitty and I only followed content that really inspired me. And that really, it sounds like it's such a small change, but it really improved my self-esteem. I also made a new uh, Pinterest account and only, I know Pinterest is supposed to be inspiring, but sometimes you can get into like the weird 
like hyper aspirational inspiration where it's like this is a lifestyle that's completely unrealistic for me and so I'm just gonna be jealous of this person and that's where I was with like Insta and Pinterest so I had to really just completely redo those feeds and that has helped a lot (laughs) Um, so I definitely feel like I'm not just comparing myself to everyone as much because I'm, I'm following people who who hype me up and make me feel better so yeah and I, I think that um, you can do this even with algorithmic uh, content too it's just harder so you can like I have a YouTube account that I use for uh, falling asleep and I have like curated it to be just like educational content And it took, like, I feel like probably several weeks to get it to consistently only show me the the content that I wanted. Um, And I've definitely heard this about TikTok, too, that it definitely picks up on, like, what you're interested in based on what you watch. So if you purposely watch entire videos of things that you really want to see more of, the TikTok algorithm will listen to that. So I think that this is something that's glossed over a lot that I think there needs to be more attention to because it's not this binary choice of leaving social media or not. It's making your social media experience better and less shitty. And that, you know, in in the case of like me having more confidence that gave me more positive emotions and then when I had more positive emotions, I had less reasons to be on social media. So yeah, it's not this binary thing of like leave or not. There's also a lot of things you can do in the meantime or instead of. And I think being particular about what content you're consuming when when you do have that agency, because sometimes we go in zombie mode and we're we kind of lack the agency, but when you are like mentally on mentally all there, then I think curating your feeds is a great idea. And also like I diverted from, I I think a lot of my time that used to go on Reddit is now on discord. And I consider that a huge improvement because discord is social media and it's my favorite social media for several reasons. But one of them is that there's no, infinite scroll there's no endless feed it just shows you what's on the community and you can't it's harder to get lost and I've made many friends on discord I've never made a friend on reddit but I made friends on discord and also they have the only so uh, social media company that has the like an ethical business model uh, of the freemium uh, subscription based upgrades where the base product is free and they sell Uh, an upgrade that's a totally ethical way to run a social media company and I hope other companies follow suit so yeah replacing a lot of my reddit interests like if I were to follow a subreddit I just look for the discord and like hey maybe I can actually like make a few friends and because I think that that is a benefit of the internet is like getting very niche with your interests and being able to communicate with people who have interest that you can't just maybe no one in your town cares about but you can 
go on the internet and just talk about koalas for hours if you want to, if that's your thing. And and that's a positive of the internet that I would like to keep in my life. So shifting to, to Discord was definitely an improvement. Another thing that has been so helpful is literally this one browser extension. It's called Newsfeed Eradicator. So this goes back to what I'm talking about with curating your feeds. You can also curate your social media experience by seeing less feeds. So I do this with Reddit now. And uh, on my computer, a lot of the times, um, Reddit is unblocked. And the way it becomes not distracting for me is that if I clicked on the home page, I would not see a newsfeed because of Newsfeed Eradicator. So the ultimate dark pattern with current day social media is the infinite scroll because, I mean, that's where you get the algorithm. That's where you get a lot of the time wasting is from infinite scroll and feeds. So anywhere you can go in and pluck out the feeds, uh, it's great. And then also the other thing I like about Newsfeed Eradicator is some other apps, um, when I would try to do this, I would turn it on and then have my stuff blocked, and then I would <laughs> have the urge and then unblock it. And with Newsfeed Eradicator, it's nice because you can click on, I want to see the feed for five minutes, and then it shows it to you for five minutes. So um, I actually have to use Facebook as part of my position, nonprofit position. Um, my position is working in social media. So I have to use Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the position. Uh, and I don't think I would be able to do what I do without Newsfeed Eradicator because get those feeds out of there, it makes the platform significantly less addicting. So 10 out of 10 would recommend. So the last two changes that I made that have made the biggest difference are not so much digital environment focused, but they're a bit more uh, of that general well-being that I was talking about before. So the first one is finding another way to relax or another source of novelty in my life. So I've talked about this on the show before, you know, I went through my own values and looked at what I was getting value-wise out of the internet, what was important to me that made me feel so attached and dependent on the internet in this way that I feel like I was doing, I was binging in a way that I couldn't stop, that I didn't like, that felt addictive. <laughs> and I realized that it was for me just a way to acquire novel information and I guess like a social element too while just not investing any social effort or any real effort at all. And so when I went through this process of finding alternate activities as we call it in the community, it really definitely didn't happen like I thought it would because I think that there is this like expectation that you'll just like pick up a hobby and that it'll be really easy to just like snap your fingers and change your brain and you'll be really into that hobby and not going on the internet anymore and to me that hasn't happened because unfortunately uh, the internet like I said is so stimulating for no effort at all that it is really hard to replace that 
to, to find any kind of equivalent to that in the sense that you could replace it on a one-to-one basis. Like I have not had success just, uh, you know, getting off social media and then like, like reading a whole book. Like I have read books. I, I've read a lot, uh, <laughs> I've read a lot of books, uh, since I've been in this recovery on this recovery path, but um, I am still, I still have an incredibly short attention span. So I guess what I'm saying is I have shifted to just focusing on very small ways to cultivate new hobbies. So it's not, you know, just getting offline and like completing like a whole painting, you know, that wasn't realistic for me. So, um, you know, I, I had this thought of like, okay, I get novel information from the internet. And I think that a more quality way to get novel information is through books. But here I have this incredibly short attention span and I, I don't possess the ability to do deep work as it's called and just shut out distractions and get something done for an hour at a time. Uh, I do not possess that ability. So what I started doing is reading books two pages at a time. And I would read a book for two pages and then read a different book for two pages or go back on the internet or do something else. Uh, And I lately have been doing a little trifecta where I set um, my phones, uh, I set a forest timer, the app Forest, and I set a timer and I turn on music. Um, That's like the one app that I can use on my phone when Forest is on. And then I jump back and forth from journaling, reading, and meditating. And I'll talk about the kind of meditation that I managed to stick with in a bit. But that way, I'm still context switching, which is what you're doing when you're on the internet. You know, you check your email one moment, and then you're onto a a rabbit hole about, uh, I don't know, um, American Civil War history or something. And you completely context switch from when you first sat down to like, look at what your boss sent you on your email. And so for me, it wasn't natural to force a long attention span. To me, it felt more natural to bounce around from these different tasks that were also easy, like surfing the internet, but were, you know, things that I consider fulfilling that were value-based to me. And so that way it became this actually joyful activity instead of oh I've got to get off the internet and read a book because for a while I fucking hated reading books after I was when I first started picking them up again because I was forcing myself and as someone who has dealt with a lot of depression in their life um, and a lot of the advice on how to recover from depression even professional advice is force yourself to do things I got so sick sick and tired of forcing myself to do things. So I just picked some activities that I liked and then I, and I, and I broke down into the easiest possible way to do them. So like, okay, I want a journal and like, you know, I see people posting like bullet journal spreads that are beautiful and elaborate. And, um, yeah, that's not how I journal. Um, I get out a pen and I just write whatever, the hell is on my mind <laughs> until I feel like putting it down and I put it down and then I put, pick up a book and then I read a page or two 
or I get interested and I read several, but there's no, I'm not keeping up with this expectation that I need to like perform my hobbies, um, that I need to like, you know, do something that's a chore because it's not fun to do chores. And I think in alternate activities, it's important, at least for us, for me to find the things that are joyful to me and do them in an actually joyful way. So it was the same way with meditation. Like when I used to meditate, I would pick it up for like a week and then I'd fall off and I just couldn't build the habit. And then I started doing choiceless awareness meditation, which is where you notice what's on your mind and you notice the next thing on your mind and you try to just continue noticing the things that come up in consciousness without getting on rabbit holes of thought. And it's so like calming and relaxing to me because it feels like doing less because I'm usually thinking. So for me, meditating isn't doing something difficult. It's actually doing something, it's doing less than I would normally do. So it just feels like I'm truly resting my brain and it's just nice. And now I like doing it. And the reason people do things constantly every single day is because they like, they like them. I mean, maybe some people, I'm sure there's people out there who have, you know, inordinate amount of self-discipline or like, obviously you go to a job, not because you like it, but because you get paid. But when I, when we're talking about hobbies, you have to like it. And it took me years to figure out what I liked and what way of doing it suited me. And yeah, so it's not black or white, you know, you don't have to get super into a hobby and expect it to maintain your attention, even for 20 minutes, if you just do it when you feel like doing it. (laughs) Uh, And the easier of 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 a task it is, the more you'll feel like doing it. And then if you like it, that will be your motivation to continue doing it because we do things that we like that give us rewards. And so to me, like I just had to make my fulfilling activities be as similar to the setup of the internet as possible. (laughs) Just things that don't require effort that are relaxing and joyful and don't require attention span. So yeah, after I I dropped the expectation of like spending 30 minutes or even 15 minutes on a hobby and I just set aside a time period where I can do whatever I felt like doing um, away from the internet and just had those little time periods, um, then it really just like fostered this sense of joy. And yeah, um, so that's been huge. So now I've got some alternate activities under my belt. And I actually picked up a book that I was able to read for 45 minutes straight because I didn't have the expectation that I needed to do that. I just had the expectation I was going to read two pages. And then what do you know, I read, I, I read 30 and it was, uh, it was not hard. Um, so I think managing expectations and starting small and really cultivating joy in these ways that are accessible, even for people with short attention spans. I, that has definitely been crucial in my experience. And the last thing that I want to harp on is probably maybe overstated, but I think, (laughs) I think for a reason, (laughs) um, I think that 
I'm only in the situation that I'm in right now because I really worked on my mental health. And now when I feel depression coming on and I feel myself doing things compulsively, I can take extra good care of myself and lean on the things I learned in therapy and monitor my self-talk. And that changes everything. Like it's really changed my whole relationship with myself. And now I have the self-awareness that I never had before. And I have this ability to have this relationship with myself that I never had before. And I think that even though I have been doing like a lot of, I mean, it definitely requires work and I definitely do a lot of things outside of therapy, but I think that, I think they complement each other. I think that the work that I've done in therapy has made me able to work on other areas of my life and really get to the details about figuring out what works for me because I have the self-awareness. And I think that um, it can be done if someone doesn't have the circumstances that I have. Like, I think that you can still make a lot of progress. I think that the other thing is time. Um, Yeah, because to prevent myself from falling into binges. I had to develop an amount of self-awareness that you cannot build overnight. I had to realize, okay, based on that last, last relapse, this is a warning sign. And I knew that if I had been feeling like unmotivated that day or emotionally numb, then like, I know like, okay, the depression's coming on and this is also going to lead to a rise in compulsive behaviors. And so now like I knew what to look for. And then also I recognized opportunities to get out of the hole that I had fallen into when I'd fallen down into it. So I used to feel like if I if I binged in the morning, (laughs) then like that day was ruined. And then at some point I realized like it is possible to start your day over at literally any moment in the day. So we're not limited to good days and bad days. Like you can have a shitty morning and I don't want to say get yourself together because I hate that term. I hate that term uh, because it just really implies some like dumb capitalist shit, like a notion of productivity. But I guess like take, take, take good care of yourself and pause and, and start over literally at any time. (laughs) And so now like both, I've got it from both directions and that's where, that's where I really started to see progress because like for a while I felt like, okay, uh, I was just, cleaning up the mess. I was dealing with getting myself on my feet again after I had fallen into a hole of mindless uh, binge surfing, binge eating, all of it. I felt like I was always just rebuilding my life. And then I got good at that. I got good at standing back up again and restarting and resetting every time. And then I... I was coming at it from both directions. I I got good at resetting when I fell off and then I got good at noticing when I was falling off so I could reorient myself 
quickly. So all of that really took time. <laughs> like, I, I think it, it definitely takes time to gather that awareness and understanding of yourself. And it takes time to put it into practice because a, a lot of this was just figuring out what worked for me through trial and error. Like I had to try different blocking schedules. I tried all this different stuff and different hobbies and different schedules and different things. And I had to figure out what worked for me. And it takes time. It takes effort, um, a doable amount of effort, but it does take effort. And yeah, there's, there's unfortunately no quick fix solution. I think the, um, <laughs> if you have the ability to make like a big life change, like completely immerse yourself into a different environment that, um, I think the only way you could force it quickly is if you're able to change your life, make a huge lifestyle change that includes like, uh, a really supportive group of people you're close to. Like, I think unless you have that opportunity, which not a lot of people do, um, it, it does take time. And also, I've said this before, but slipping up and relapsing is part of the process. Like, and also you don't want to overly pathologize um, something that is normal because it's literally normal to have a YouTube binge. Like it's normal to get distracted on the internet for like an hour or two. Like we're all doing it. So that's not even something to feel guilty about in my opinion. Like if you don't want to do that, then by all means change. But it's, it's literally like unfortunate, maybe unfortunately, but it's, it's normal to mindless surf for hours. Um, I think that if you're listening to this podcast, then it's probably become a problem in your life that you want to change for that reason. But there's no need to be overly guilty for for doing something that is just the state of the world today, of the world we live in. We're swimming in distractions, and it's it's so easy and rewarding to do it. So it makes perfect sense based on how our brains work. We're, we Humans are wired to be lazy. So anything that's easy, that's rewarding, we're going to do. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of blanking because I want to say it's perfectly natural, but it's technology. So obviously it's not, it's not natural to our biology, but based on the construction of how social media is made, it's totally human that we would be addicted to it because it's, it's made for that reason. (laughs) So yeah, I know that I, I never want to tell people how to feel. And I know that the guilt is real because I know how horrendously guilty I feel after a long binge. It's a terrible feeling, and that's why I'm here. That's why I've made these changes. That's why I'm passionate about these things, because it's such an awful feeling. And I hope that we can at least have frank discussions about those awful feelings and about how life can change um, so people can gain some more perspective on what's helped other people and what could help them. And I think just giving it time, um, continual effort and time will really change a lot of things. Um, I feel like most problems can be solved that way. So just to wrap up, the most useful changes that I made were figuring out my web blockers, 
curating my social media feeds, including blocking news feeds, finding other ways to relax that were joyful and easy, and getting professional treatment and really working on my mental health. So those are the things that have made the biggest difference in my recovery. And if you have any questions, uh, feel free to hop on our Discord server and hit us up. So yeah, I hope you guys are all doing well and I'd love to hear from you if you have any comments or anything. Um, and we're doing a monthly upload schedule, so we should have a conversation posted next month in addition to this one. So yeah. Thanks for listening to our show. If you're interested in any of the topics discussed today, check out the Cyborg Repair Manual Discord server. The link is in the show notes.